Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to Circle Sanctuary Network Podcasts, brought to you by Circle Sanctuary, one of the oldest nature spirituality churches in the United States, connecting people of nature center paths around the world. Join us through the week for a variety of shows discussing various topics, celebrating the divine in all of its forms through nature worship, rituals, education, and building bridges of community. Welcome to Circle Craft Study with Selena Fox. This is Selena Fox, and tonight we're going to explore meditation in a variety of forms as part of ritual and as ritual itself. We're going to begin, and I'm going to play the singing bowl, and as I do, let the sound of this sacred instrument. Be your focus for a few moments. And now focus on your breathing. Breathing in and out. Letting your focus on your breath be a meditation for you. Breathing in, relaxation, and as you breathe out, dispelling any barriers to deepening your relaxation. Breathing in and out. Letting the flow of your breath be a meditation, be a ritual. And we also shift now into another type of meditation, that of guided journey. I invite you to take part in this short meditative ritual experience in a way that works for you according to your own tradition and your own situation as you listen to this. With your back fairly straight, your feet on the ground, sitting if you can, or if you prefer, standing or laying down. Use the sound of your breath to relax you. Close your eyes. And then imagine a screen in your mind's eye. And on the screen appears an image of a stone circle with the four compass points marked in some way. Imagine yourself moving into the screen, going to the circle, and going into the circle. Slowly turn clockwise around and look at the four compass points around the perimeter of the circle. And then come and face the north direction. And as you gaze into the north, you experience yourself extending your arms to the north and letting the powers of the north 
flow into you. Meditate on your attunement to the north. And now turn and face the east and in like fashion extend your arms out to honor the east and then to deepen your connection with it. Paying attention to what you experience as you are one with the East. Turning now and facing the South. Extending your arms to the South to connect with the powers of South. And feeling the powers of South flow through your arms into yourself, being one with the powers of South. Paying attention to what you experience as you do so. And now turning and facing the west, extending your arms to the west to connect and honor the west and feeling the powers of the west now flowing through your arms and flowing into yourself. Becoming aware of what you experience as you do so. Now you turn again to the north, the east, the south, the west, back north again, moving in a circle. And then extending your hands upward, you connect with the sky. You honor the sky and the heavens above and feel the power of heavens and cosmos flowing down into you, meditating on that connection. And now directing your attention and your arms down towards the ground beneath you. You connect with sacred land and the planet. Honoring it and drawing the powers of planet and land into yourself for deepening your connection. being aware of what you experience as you do this. And now holding your arms in front of you, you honor the connecting point, the convergence of the powers of north and east, south and west, above and below, the center point. And now you hold your hands and arms to your heart. And in so doing, you connect with the spirit point that is within honoring the divine that is all and that is one.
that is within. And now as you extend your arms out, you move them around you gently. And in so doing, you connect with the sphere that you've created around you in this sacred circle. You honor the divine that's around you as well as the divine that's one, that's many, that is within. Spend a few moments now reflecting on your experiences of casting the sacred circle, of honoring the sacred directions, of communing with the powers of that which is around, within, and in the directions. Give thanks for the sacred forces that you have worked with. Give thanks to this sacred circle that you have envisioned. Know that you can return to this sacred place as needed through meditation and meditative ritual. And now, shifting your awareness from being in the center of this circle, moving through the screen that you envisioned in your mind, focusing your awareness on the here and now, on your meditation that is a meditative ritual. Reflecting now on your connection with meditation through the singing bowl, through breath, through imagery and imagination. Reflect a few moments now on meditations that you do that are rituals or part of rituals. And now we continue our journey of exploration of ways of ritual by looking at some additional forms of meditation. Meditation often is seen as a silent stillness form of spiritual practice. And certainly, contemplation, introspection, quiet forms of meditation are very commonplace across many different spiritual traditions and religions and can be quite effective for helping one grow spiritually, deepen understanding of the sacred, and can be therapeutic as well. But meditation can be quite lively and energetic. It can involve movement, dance, exuberant singing and chanting, 
making of music, gathering with others, outward expressions as well as inward journeys. What forms of meditation are right for you? What forms of meditation are most appropriate for a situation? What forms of meditation are rituals in of themselves? I'm going to share some perspectives on all of this. First of all, breath and meditative breathing can be a ritual in of itself. It's something that's simple to do, and it itself can have different forms. Some like to do breathing ritual by counting. Counting four as one breathes in, four as one holds the breath, four as one exhales, four as one has no breath contained and repeating it as such. Breathing in, two, three, four, holding, two, three, four, exhaling, two, three, four, holding, two, three, four, breathing in, two, three, four, holding, two, three, four, exhaling, two, three, four, holding, two, three, four. One can do that counting silently within one's own consciousness, or one can actually make some kind of recording if you do not want to have part of your attention split to try to track the numbers. So that's a regular rhythmic breathing that can be a meditation in of itself. And some use this rhythmic breathing as a precursor to other forms of meditation as a way of preparing for ritual or as starting a ritual. But breathing can take other patterns as well. One form of breathing that I learned many years ago as I connected with people that practiced something they called kundalini yoga was a form of rapid breathing. And by taking the breath in and out quickly, it moves a lot of oxygen exchange through the system and can change consciousness and create an energetic experience. So breathing can be slow, it can be rapid, it can be simply breathing that you normally do and just focusing your attention to it. Some forms of meditation, especially those from Zen meditative traditions, really focus on stillness and clearing the mind of the chatter of thoughts, concepts. As ideas, ideations start moving around, one just lets them float away. Just gently let them go. So a form of meditation, the clearing of mind, is something that is a common spiritual practice in a number of what's known as Eastern religions. But it's something that people can do no matter what their tradition or what part of the world they're in. The part about clearing the mind is it develops skills in concentration, a kind of discipline that allows one 
to have in that inner stillness a clarity for deeper wisdom to emerge. Indeed, some people's meditative ritual consists of deep, relaxed breathing and the clearing of mind. Another form of meditation is what some people might call mindfulness, although that term's been used in a number of different ways, where you become very attuned to your own thought processes. And there's a form of meditation that I call focused meditation, where as part of the meditation process, one may focus on a word or a phrase or a chant or an affirmation and repeat it over and over and over again to give the mind something to be occupied with, to be front and center to allow extraneous thoughts to dissipate. Inner peace. Inner peace. Inner peace. Inner peace. Inner peace. How you say it, how you hear it, how you work with the phrase, can have an impact on your meditation and your meditative ritual. Energy, 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 energy energizes you. Inner peace can relax you. Sound, the sound of voice, the sound of a musical instrument that you play or you hear, the sound of a rhythm. It may be a drum, a rattle, the stomping of feet, the clapping of hands, sound, bird singing, sound, music playing. Some people like to put music on and just focus on the music as a kind of meditative ritual. It can be very healing. It can be energizing. It can be relaxing. It can stir the emotions bringing forth joy or stirring up sadness to dispel that. It can bring forth a variety of different emotions. Music of different types can have certain effects and for that reason, music often is a form that is used within different types of ritual. Probably the most common way that the voice is used is in the form of chanting. This may be chanting a particular note or chanting a phrase, singing a song, but repeated chanting can help change consciousness and can be a ritual in of itself. Working with imagery, it may be a painting or some sacred art, a sculpture, a mandala, or a symbol 
and having the mind focus on an image can be a really powerful meditative technique that also can be a ritual in of itself. Movement, gesture, posture. How one holds one's body, moves one body. Moving ritual, moving meditation. One of the most popular meditative movement rituals that I take part in at some of our events at Circle Sanctuary Nature Preserve and at our large event, largest event of the year called the Pagan Spirit Gathering, is that of a labyrinth walking. We create a labyrinth with candles, walking the labyrinth at night with the lit candles is just a very beautiful experience. And the act of walking a labyrinth is a form of meditative ritual. There's preparation before. There is entering the labyrinth. There is being in the center of the labyrinth. There is leaving the labyrinth and then the processing and integration of the labyrinth experience. At Circle Sanctuary Nature Preserve, we have a spiral labyrinth. And at some of our three-day festivals, which are at cross-quarter times in the warmer months of the year, we typically have the labyrinth on one of the evenings. Sometimes there's a, a ritual in the center of the circle that people take part of in addition to the ritual of walking the labyrinth itself. And sometimes it is a self-guided meditative walking labyrinth ritual experience. Our labyrinth is in the shape of a spiral. And in designing this, I created it in such a way that we walk counterclockwise to go into the center, symbolic of letting go of things that prevent one from being able to connect with inner wisdom. And as we walk into the labyrinth, one at a time, and sometimes there's several people walking the labyrinth at once, it's quite a large space, there may be some music played if it's a community working, like a singing bowl, or someone might be playing a flute, or a heartbeat drum rhythm. And as one walks counterclockwise and spirals in, one focuses on the magic of moving towards the center, of letting go of cleansing, of dispelling what is not needed. When one comes to the center, one does the inner work. We have a hearth fire and a big fire cauldron that we sometimes have kindled, and one can stand or sit and gaze upon the fire. And in the center of the labyrinth, one connects with the center that is the sacred. Once in the center of the sacred, the sacred is within the center of oneself. And typically, within this larger meditative movement ritual, there is this central part, which is a meditation within the meditative ritual. Then as one feels ready to do so, one gets up and moves around the space, departing from the labyrinth clockwise, a symbol of taking the learnings, the insights, the guidance from the labyrinth walk out into the larger world. And then as one leaves the labyrinth, 
one pauses to give thanks for the experience, and one moves from the labyrinth, continuing the process of integrating and contemplating this ritual meditative experience. There are some other ways to do meditation as ritual. Dancing ecstatically to drums around a festival fire is probably very commonplace now across different types of festivals, not only in the United States, but other parts of the world. It's something that's quite ancient and something that is continuing to grow and spread as a form of ritual. The idea of dancing and moving intuitively as a kind of meditation is something that can be done in one's own home, can be done without any actual heard music, can be done as a kind of inner rhythm expression. Making music with a musical instrument, playing the harp, playing the flute, playing the piano, playing some other kind of instrument as one gets skilled in working with playing a musical instrument, one moves into a meditative state and one may be playing some particular song or piece that's been created before and putting one's own interpretation on it, or it may be a free-form spontaneous work with the instrument. Drumming circles are um, a form of rhythm making that can be quite celebratory, can be quite transformative. And we do drum circles at some of our events at Circle Sanctuary and also at our um, some of our events outside of our center, including at the Pagan Spirit Gathering, and different people making different rhythms and weaving those rhythms together. Often the drumming is accompanied by people doing meditative or trance dancing around a fire. Another type of meditation as ritual is something called fire spinning. Perhaps um, moving with poi that's actually kindled with living flames or some people will spin light sticks or other illuminated objects. Sitting and watching fire spinning is a powerful meditative ritual. Doing fire spinning can be a meditative ritual as well. Some other forms of meditation that can be used as ritual as themselves or incorporated into a longer and larger ritual would be that of nature communion. Taking a walk in nature or simply doing a nature meditation outside in a place of natural beauty. I did a nature communion ritual in preparation for the show tonight. I live in a forest and prior to going on the air, I went outdoors and watched the sun set over the horizon and looked at the beautiful colors that happened as the sun disappeared from view. Watching sunrises and sunsets, ancient forms of meditative ritual. Greeting the sun, greeting the night. 
this meditative ritual doesn't have to be long or complex. It can be quite simple and powerful. Guided journeys can be journeys you create yourself and use your imagination to journey forth, or it may come from having someone else guide the journey with a series of suggested images. person may be guiding it live, or it may be a recording. One of the wonderful things about guided journeys and taking part in that is that you are stimulating your powers of imagination and creativity as you interact with the suggested imagery. Something that one can do each night is a form of meditative ritual, and that's known as dream incubation. As one gets into bed, one puts forth the prayer, the blessing that one will sleep well, will have good dreams, will remember the dreams and understand the dreams upon awaking. Something that can reinforce this form of meditative ritual is to have a dream journal, notebook and a pen at bedside, or some kind of audio recording device if one prefers that. After one has put forth the intention, then one takes deep, slow breathing and moves into the dream state, meditating on relaxing, on resting, on sleeping well and dreaming. Resting and relaxing, sleeping well and dreaming. And words such as that can be combined with breathing, tensing muscles and relaxing them to help deepen the state. And then as one awakes in the morning, one harvests the dream memories, the dream experiences, reflecting on them, meditatively replaying the dream to help remember it, then journaling the dream and working on the dream. A form of dream meditation that can be a ritual in itself. In the last part of our time tonight, I'd like to talk a little bit about combining different types of meditation within a longer ritual. I typically work with some form of breathing meditation to prepare for ritual. And when I'm facilitating group ritual, that is a common starting point. Having moments of quiet within a longer ritual can be a meditative experience in of itself. Having a combination of spoken, reflected activities gives substance to the ritual, keeps it interesting and one engaged. 
having something energetic in a ritual where the meditative focus is on energy raising can be powerful. Meditation, in some respects, can be part of a variety of different ritual activities. Having the mindfulness with every action that one does. The placement of ceremonial objects on and off of an altar. The moving around ritual space. Indeed, meditation and ritual can be very much intertwined. And for some, they are one and the same as a spiritual experience. Something that I suggest that be done as part of exploring meditation as ritual is to have some form of spiritual journal in which you make notes about what you've worked with and how that's worked for you. When I've taught meditation in the past, I've encountered some students who say, I can't meditate. Because they've tried a particular method and it didn't resonate with them. And what I endeavor to do is expand the definition of what meditation is. One of the most powerful things to have as part of spiritual practice is an understanding of what forms of meditation and what types of ritual, planned or spontaneous, short, medium, long, daytime, nighttime, indoors, outdoors, and what type of meditation really sings to you, really moves your soul. And as you experiment and explore, making a note of what's effective for you is important, especially to draw on at times where one may be under stress or having challenges. Working with meditation is ritual that draws on powerful forms that work for you is really important. And in closing this presentation part of the evening, I invite you to do another form of meditation with me. To sing this note or one that harmonizes with it and becoming one with the sound. Oh, oh, oh. May your meditations be wonderful. May they be part of your ritual life. Many blessings. And now we go into the discussion part of our evening. And I want to welcome my assistants, David and Jeanette Ewing, and invite those of you who are listening live to share some ideas or experiences in the chat some questions, or if you prefer, you can call in 347-308-8222. That's 347-308-8222.
2-2. So a possible question I have for you all, what is a favorite form of meditation that you do? Oh. oh. Good evening. <laughs> my favorite form? Uh, yeah. Well, for me, I, I'd have to say hands down, it's probably the guided journey. Um, I've had eh, not so great levels of success with the idea of trying to still my mind. So it seems like having an external source uh, to get my mind in a meditative state works better for me. Um, things like like the, the guided journey of, of pretty much for, I don't know, you've led them, we've, uh, we've led them, um, we've listened to CDs by Chris Pinzak, and he leads very good guided meditations of a variety of kinds um, that he's developed in his uh, uh, Temple of Witchcraft series of books. And he has CD companions that go with the books. Mm-hmm. And those work really well. So for me, uh, the guided meditation works well at getting me into a meditative state um, and then just letting my imagination go where the, you know, the whatever particular imagery is being described in that particular journey uh, works well for me, I'd say, most of the time. And um, I don't know if you touched on it too much, but one of the things that I've found is, you know, one thing that's really critical with meditation, it's one thing to do them in like a festival setting where you might not be uh, bothered by the... Um, the mundane activities of everyday life. When you're in your home, it's a lot easier to be um, distracted by phone calls or television or noises outside. Pets. Pets. Um, <laughs> you've been in our house, and you know we have, you know, uh, a, a what is it? A, a clouder of cats? Is that what it is when it's multiple? And Sometimes it works well having them um, on a lap. Other times it is so relaxing it takes you into the uh, the sleep state, and you don't want that. So um, just making sure you're not distracted from anything is a biggie. Um, and I think that is a good point, that, um, different types of meditation, that if you can keep your attention and your intention to meditate and to do ritual more centered on the experience you're having, then you're likely to have a richer experience of that. Um, It is possible through various meditative techniques to do deep meditation even when there's potential distractions and noises and other things around. But that generally comes as a result of being a practiced meditator, not only skilled in one type of meditation, but multiple types. And I do think that um, experimenting with different types of meditation can really help uh, a person grow spiritually and give more options for working with meditation. Why do meditation? It's a way of rejuvenating oneself. So it has therapeutic values, great for stress management, and it is something that can be enriching to oneself and also helpful in terms of the larger community of life that we're part of. There have been Uh, Some research in which um, whole groups of people have been doing meditation at the same time, and some of that has been linked with um, wellness, you know, part of wellness research and 
And it's. I think that humankind still has quite a bit to learn as to the power of mind and the power of meditation. And it's exciting that more people are weaving this as part of their life journey, whether it's meditation that's connected with spirituality and ritual or whether it may be seen more as a technique for enhancing relaxation and disengaging from stress in the workplace, for example, or day-to-day life. How about you, David? Do you have a particular kind of meditation that you have as a favorite? Um, for me, I think the most successful is that, um, you know, some sort of journey, guided journey work with something in the background, like a drum, typically like a a, a constant drum beat that lets me sort of focus on that and and get into that meditative state without going too far and still keeping, and it gives my mind something to focus on to kind of help separate it from other other thoughts and stuff to kind of focus on the purpose of, of the meditation at the time. It is to have some sort of sound, whether it's like a rattle or a drum, you know, sort of doing a constant beat in the background just for that focus point to help kind of calm and center everything that's going on. Yeah. I'm wondering in um, the chat room, are there... Um, any comments about favorite types of meditation, ones that are really appealing to some of those that have joined us tonight? Well, there's a question from somebody asking about um, if there's a technique of meditation while walking. And I've heard of like doing walking meditations, of, of, of having an area where you, you would walk either like through woods, on a path, or we were talk- you were talking about a labyrinth, um, well, I guess would be another form of a walking meditation kind of process. But there are, you know, um, ways to use walking as a meditative practice as well. Yes, and I think the the key there is to find a place where you're going to be doing the meditative walking where you can go into the walking experience without having to be on guard for um is you know rough terrain is not the greatest place to do a walking meditation unless somebody is really skilled and sees the rough terrain as a kind of challenge meditation that one can do i um, have a house with kind of an open plan for some of its main rooms. And one of the things that I do in the winter when there's too much ice outside on the driveway and the walkways around my house is I will actually do meditative walking clockwise around several rooms. And as um, there's a clear path, and I'm walking around in a big circle. And as I do, I'm paying attention to breathing and being relaxed. And I let the whole action of moving around and around to not only be good exercise, but as a form of meditation. Often, I will pick a particular word or phrase to say when I'm doing the walking meditation. And that helps me keep the meditative focus. And it's also a way of programming myself with some positive words. You know, um, so I'm walking to... Um, for health, healing and wellness, healing and wellness. I mean, that's an example of a phrase. Um, Walking in joy, walking in peace, another phrase. And you can pick your own concepts to work with. When one's walking outside, it can be really amazing if you're in a more natural environment to walk with a heightened sense of the environment and paying attention 
as one's walking down, generally there's some established trail that's well trodden and easy to find. And as one is walking, one's walking not with internal focus, but with a sense of being one with the environment, just as a bird might be flying around in a space or a squirrel skimpering along, that you basically you would be walking through the environment and feeling a connection with the wildlife that you encounter, with plants and animals, with the elements, with breezes, and drinking in the beauty of nature as you walk along. That's one of my favorite forms of meditation is being able to walk in a natural environment and to tune in to nature around. Nature communion often is seen as go to a place in nature and sit and be present and to experience it while the body is at rest. But another powerful form of nature communion is actually to move through an environment and to explore that environment. Good question. Are there some other comments or questions in the chat before we do our closing tonight? Well, Reverend Terry actually mentions that he starts his meditation journey work by seeing himself in the woods of West Georgia. And uh, and I think that's sort of a common thing for us, too, is that we usually start our journey work and stuff in a, you know, we start to visualize ourselves in a wooded environment, um, you know, surrounded by the trees, and you can hear what's going on, hear the, the leaves rustle and stuff, just to, and, um, to kind of get our minds out of our, normal environment into something that would be a more of a more of a, so we visualize ourselves in a more of a peaceful place. Yeah. Uh, you know, that kind of helps with that. And I was noticing as we were talking about um, labyrinths, I did a quick check, and there's a website that has a worldwide labyrinth locator that I can't say three times fast. Um, <laughs> worldwide <laughs> labyrinth locator website. And it's, um, yeah, it's it interesting. It's, it's just labyrinthlocator.com. And they actually list I mean, labyrinths around all over the place, and Circle's um, Spiral Labyrinth is listed on their website, you know, as a, and they have a really nice picture of it, too. Oh, um, wonderful. Kind of browsing that and realizing, as you're talking about labyrinths, how, how common they are. I mean, they are really, like, all over the country. I mean, if you go here and you look, look up for your state and see all these labyrinths that are listed, I didn't realize how many there were. I mean, I, I looked at our home state of Virginia and, you know, finding them um, – there's a small town in southwest Virginia that has like three or four labyrinths listed, which I, I was surprised. Um, and I was noticing, too, that it, the, the diversity of, of organizations of people that, that have labyrinths and maintain labyrinths of different types, that they're those that are on, on public land and at Presbyterian churches, Unitarian Universalists, Methodists, Baptists. Um, it, it's, it's a common theme of walking the labyrinths that seems to kind of span um, paths of spirituality and, and, and traditions and cultures and stuff. So. Yeah, and it's really wonderful to be able to visit different types of labyrinth. Uh, typically, there are two main patterns. There's the Chartres um, labyrinth, based on the Chartres Cathedral labyrinth, and there's what's known as the Minoan or Classical labyrinth, Spiral labyrinths, such as we have at Circle Sanctuary Nature Preserve, are starting to grow in popularity as well. And there are some variants of these three types of labyrinths. When I visit a spiritual center, that's especially one that's been established for a while, one of the things I check out is whether they have a labyrinth or not. And if they do, I make try to make time to go and visit it. And I've found that even if the actual configuration is similar to some other ones that I have walked in the past, the interaction between configuration and the land and the community of people or the person that's the caregiver of it um, is really powerful. And um, just like different shades of color, different types of music, 
they can each have their own particular beauty and power. Well, as we are bringing closure to tonight's Ways of Ritual episode and looking at meditation as ritual, I invite all of our listeners who are listening live as well as those who will be listening later to join me at my main page on Facebook, which is Selena Fox Updates. I've posted some photographs of some meditation as ritual. Myself at the um, Medicine Wheel at Spirit Rock at Circle Sanctuary Nature Preserve. I have a candlelight labyrinth photo from Pagan Spirit Gathering last year, as well as some fires spinning from Pagan Spirit Gathering last year. And um, as I continue with the Ways of Ritual series, I'll be putting some additional photos and information in days and weeks to come. I also want to announce that the Pagan Spirit Gathering, which is June 16th through 23rd this year at Stonehouse Farm near Chicago, is going to include a variety of different workshops and rituals. Yes, there will be fire spinning and there will be the candlelight labyrinth. There will be all sorts of meditation as ritual experiences. And for those of you interested in developing skills in ritual leadership, I will be doing a ritual leadership intensive at this year's Pagan Spirit Gathering, www.circlesanctuary.org slash PSG. I invite you to uh, connect with Circle Sanctuary and me, not only on Facebook, but on the web and I also invite you all to tune in to Circle Sanctuary's other weekly radio show on the Internet, Pagan Warrior Radio, with David and Jeanette Ewing and Pamela Kelly, and that's on Wednesday nights in this time slot. And as um, we make the transition to the next hour of the evening on Pagans Tonight Radio Network. I invite David to um, let us know what's coming up on the Pagan pre-show and what kind of music will we have as we transition. Well, tonight on Pagan Priest, follow, immediately following our, our program, and we're going to be closing with Celia's song, The Labyrinth, uh, I Walk the Labyrinth. Since we were talking about labyrinths, I thought that might fit. And then after the song... It's the Pagan Priest Show with Reverend Terry and Reverend Michael Neal and Reverend Richard Keene and Reverend Higginbotham and Circle's own uh, David Sassman and others uh, as they discuss their, uh, it's just a panel discussion um, with priests from around the nation. So it uh, should be a, an interesting discussion this evening and uh, invite everybody to stay tuned for the Pagan Priest Show. Thank you all for joining us tonight. Thanks to the sacred forces we've called many blessings.
joining us on the Circle Sanctuary Network podcast, presented by Circle Sanctuary and produced for all who follow the Nature Center paths. Join us here throughout the week for various programming connected to the community around the world. And please don't forget to watch for updates on the Circle Sanctuary website at www.circlesanctuary.org. And follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash csnpodcasts. We can also be found on your favorite podcast hosting sites, such as iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and others. And until next time, many blessings. <laughs>